Good evening and welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. It's an honor to have you tonight. Didn't we have a great time Sunday night at our Pentecost Sunday night service? Uh, Dr. Bernard and Bishop Brooks, Dr. Bernard, the general superintendent of the UPCI, Bishop Brooks, the presiding bishop of the PAFW, two great leaders and, and uh, uh, just wonderful men of God ministered to us powerfully. We hope you were able to tune into that and uh, we're blessed by it. Uh, this is an amazing and extraordinary and challenging time in which we live. And I come to you tonight uh, heavy hearted because of where our world is and what our world is facing, what our nation is facing. This, these last two and a half to three months have been uh, nothing short of, of uh, uh, just perplexing, perplexing. And uh, we look to the Lord in times like this. Uh, I have a burden on my heart. I want to speak to you tonight. Uh, I wish so much that you were in the audience to where I could just look at you, talk to you, and share with you that there's a challenge that comes with ministering to a camera. Uh, but I know I'm not just talking to a camera. I know I'm talking to the people of God. And so I just want to share the not just my heart, I want to share the heart of God with you tonight and talk to you about where we are as a nation and, and where we are as the church and, and what does the church do in a time like this. I'm reading from 1 Kings chapter 19 and uh, I'm reading from verse number 9. The Bible says in 1 Kings 19 verse 9, He, Elijah, came thither unto a cave and lodged there and behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altar, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth. And stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice." And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, Elijah, what doest thou here? And I want to, I want to speak to you today on the subject, listen, listen. Just as Elijah heard that still small voice, we have a responsibility to listen and hear the still, small voice. Uh, this, uh, this past week has been extraordinarily challenging for our nation. Uh, we, of course, saw the, the, the death of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd at the hands of a man who was sworn to protect him. And uh, this was an innocent man who who died by murder, and it was on film, and the nation saw it happen, and uh, and it was uh, unquestioning what went on there. 
And it, of course, rocked the nation. And we have seen since that time, we've seen an event, a chain reaction of events throughout our nation erupting in cities. Now, there was a protest, and the protest is uh, justifiable, legitimate. We have, to, we have to raise our voice against uh, wickedness. And so this is not just a one-time occasion, though. This is a, a long-standing series of events that led up to this moment. But since there was a protest, uh, we've even seen anarchists move in on the protest and hijack the protest and turn it into something it was never intended to be. And, uh, and that's the way the devil operates. He, he, he operates in a way to sow confusion and sow division and sow strife. And so here we are today. Our nation is in desperate need of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we as the church have a responsibility to have the right response. Uh, tonight, when this uh, recording ends, I'd love for you to join me on Facebook Live at Christ Church Apostolic Indy, where I will be having a discussion with Bishop Tyson, Bishop C. Sean Tyson, the pastor of Christ Church Apostolic of Indianapolis, Indiana, and also the pastor of Mount Calvary Ministries in uh, Youngstown, Ohio. Great man of God and a dear friend. The Tyson and the Urshan families go uh, deep generationally in their relationship. And we're going to be having a conversation. This is important, and it's not the only conversation that's needed. There are conversations that need to be had right now. I think that we need to listen. I was praying to the Lord, and I said, Lord, give me a word. When, when things were just spiraling and, and things were becoming so uh, dire throughout the nation, I said, Lord, I want to speak to it. I want to make it better. Give me the word to speak so that I can, I can make things better. And the Lord spoke to me. And the word that he gave me was, was this word, listen, listen. It, it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting like a statement. I was expecting like a, some kind of a, a, you know, a sermon or a, a, a post, a tweet. Something, some kind of a word that I could share that would just bring the necessary uh, calm. And the Lord said, what I need you to do right now is listen. And there are moments, there are times where it is incumbent upon us to listen. Listen. This is a scriptural principle. The Bible teaches us the greatest commandment is start. It starts with an admonition to listen. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, listen. The, the scripture says over and over, especially in the book of Revelation, which feels like we're living in right now. I mean, you feel like you could just jump on the back of one of the four horsemen, one of the horses running through, the apocalyptic horses running through the society because we're living the book of Revelation right in front of our eyes. It feels that way. And, and, and yet throughout the book of Revelation, the word of the Lord says, Hear, he that hath an ear, let him hear, let him listen to what the Lord is saying, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. And, and, and Jesus said, when the disciples asked him, why, why do the people not respond to your parables? And Jesus said, because they have ears, but they don't use them to listen. In fact, that was God's criticism of the idols that people worshiped, that they have eyes, but they see not. 
They have mouths, but they don't speak. And they have hands, but they don't heal. And they have ears, but they don't listen. God forbid that we would ever be in a position where we have what it takes to listen, but we don't. The church must hear the Lord, and we must listen to our brothers and sisters in Christ during this very tumultuous time. It's important. And this is the word that the Lord gave me. I look at the prophet Elijah, and he's, he's, he's in this cave because it's terrifying outside that cave. He looks around, and he sees problems, and he sees violence, and he sees people dying, and he sees, he sees just, it's just unthinkable what he's looking at. And he, he hides away in the cave, and now there's, an even, there's a threat of death on his life from Queen Jezebel. And, and the Bible says that the Lord sent an angel and said, what are you doing here? And, and Elijah says, I'm here because I, 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 there's too much chaos out there. They've slain your prophets. People are dying. Uh, the, the Israel has forsaken their covenant with you. And he says, I don't want anything to do with that world. How many of you have ever, how many have felt like crawling up in a cave in the last little while? And, and, and we've been in a cave. And, and, and before I go any further, let me say we're looking forward to seeing everybody that are able to be there on June 7th. And uh, we're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost. But, but, but we're, we're excited to climb up out of the cave. And, 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 and that's where Elijah was. He was in the cave. And, and, and this past week, I'm sure people have just thought, man, I just want to pull away. I saw somebody even mention about the astronauts that were launched into space. They said, uh, congratulations to the astronauts who, who left Earth today. And they said, good choice, leaving Earth because earth is in turmoil and we need the Lord to come quickly and set up his kingdom and put away all strife and put away all hate and put away all racism and put away all violence and put away all, all unforgiveness and bitterness and put away all murder and malice and put away all, all envy and sedition. We need the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Elijah said, I don't want to go out there. There's, there's, there's nothing good out there. And the Bible says that while he was in there, here came an earthquake. It feels like we've been experiencing an ongoing earthquake with the coronavirus and now the upheaval in our nation. And, and then there was a, a, a whirlwind. God wasn't in the earthquake and God wasn't in the whirlwind. And then here came fire. God wasn't in the fire. All of these ways that God had used to speak before. He used the whirlwind to speak to Job. He used the earthquake to speak to show the difference between Moses and Korah, who his anointed was in Moses. He used the fire to speak when he appeared before Moses as, as the voice out of the flame of fire. But he was in none of those things in Elijah's day. And, and, and you might look around you and feel like, man, I don't hear God in any of this. I don't hear God in any of this. You need to find a place to pray and hear the Lord speak to you. And that's what Elijah did. He found a place to pray and he listened. The Bible said he heard a still, small voice. We need to find a place to pray. Don't look around at the things going on around the world and be discouraged by it. Hear from heaven. Hear the Lord, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The earthquake, the whirlwind, the fire, it's distracting you. And that's what's so sad to me is because the death of George Floyd was a, it was a terrifying and terrible situation. And it needed 
to be, it needed to be uh, protested. And, and, yet, and yet now that message is getting lost in the way that, that, that some have hijacked the outcry and have turned it into, some people are turn, trying to turn it into a communist revolution of sorts and, and, and are trying to denigrate the memory of George Floyd. Don't miss the point. Don't miss the moment. There's a, there's a problem that exists in our society and it has existed in our nation for hundreds of years and, and it's still here with us and we have a responsibility as the church to listen and to hear what is being said. The Lord, the Lord said after Cain killed Abel, he said, I hear the voice of Abel's blood crying to me from the ground. What's going on? And Cain's response was, he heard God, but his response was just so sarcastic and, and rebellious. He said, am I my brother's keeper? It was kind of a rhetorical question, but there's an answer to that question. Yes, yes, we are our brother's keeper. In the church, we look out for one another. In the church, we speak out against injustice. In the church, we, we stand up for what is right. What was done to George Floyd was wrong. The law enforcement community has stood united against what happened to him. And, and we pray for justice. We hope that justice will flow in this situation and other situations. God is a God of justice. Life isn't fair, but God is just. And we pray for his justice to be done. But don't miss this moment as the church. We have a responsibility to stand together in the love of God. And so I want, to, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. There is no greater institution designed to handle situations like this than the church. The church is God's body. It is his body filled with his spirit, washed in the blood of the lamb, cleansed people who are called out of darkness and placed into his marvelous light. And as the church, we are designed to be one people, not, we're not separate. We're not compartmentalized. We're not segregated. That's, that's, that's all world talk. And, and, and when you look at the upper room, the Bible says there were devout men out of every nation under heaven. Every nation were represented, was represented in the upper room. And, and when God spoke to Peter, he told Peter, you're going to go to a man's house and you're going to preach the gospel to Cornelius and, 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 these are people who are Gentiles. You're a Jew, but you're going to reach beyond yourself and you're going to preach my gospel because he said this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all nations. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hey, you and I, we wouldn't be here serving God if that commission had not been given and had not been followed. The church is designed to be the great equalizing, unifying factor Paul said there's not bond nor free in the church. There's not, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. It, 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 there's equality in the church. It's, it, it, now, the enemy and the world would try to distort that to say male and female, the distinction isn't important. It's very important male and female distinction. God created man and woman in his image, and each is to reflect his glory in the way God created them. But he said, he said, it doesn't matter if you're male. 
if you're or female, if you're if you're male or female, if you're bond or free or rich or poor in the church, all people are equal in the church of the living God. There's nobody better than another person in the kingdom of God. And that's how the church was born. And, 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 and in this day and age, in the 20th century, in the 20th century, the Holy Ghost was poured out upon all flesh again. And, and this, and notice what it said, all flesh poured out upon all flesh. That's the promise of the Holy Ghost. And it is a unifying factor. When you look at Azusa Street in 1906, you see a repeat of the upper room. There was no compartmentalizing of people based on, on their skin tone, based on where they came from. No, they were all one in Jesus Christ. They came from the uttermost parts of the earth. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. They went back out and preached the gospel. And the oneness Pentecostal church stood as a lighthouse for those who could look upon it and see, hey, there can be equality in our world. There wasn't equality in the world system. The church is where equality existed. And it existed for, for 30 years in the, in the early 20th century, 30 and 40 years. And then as the unrest of society began to creep in, as, as, the, as the culture began to put pressure on the church. That's why we have to be careful in this time where the culture is raging. You and I, the church of the living God, we can't let that get to us. We have to stand upon the word of God. We have to look to one another in love and look to God for hope and understand that the church stands united in a day of division. The African-American community has been the most persecuted people in the United States of America. It's a fact of history. And, and wars have been fought against the persecution of the African-American people. And laws have had to be undone, generations of laws. And even now, there are laws and rules that remain in place that systemically work to impede the progress and the success of the African-American people. In the 1940s and 50s, this was a sticking point, and the church, the church had an opportunity to push through it and, and lead the way in justice, equity, equality. But the pressure of the culture was so strong that there was division that developed in the church. And the church began to segregate along lines of demarcation of skin tone and, and things of that nature. Jim Crow laws, for instance, were in place in the South and the church, when they would hold a convention in the South, they were forced to have separate housing and eat in separate restaurants. And, and th these, were, these, these were absurd laws, but they were, but they were in place and it was a part of the culture. And, and those laws needed to be confronted then. And they weren't confronted by the church, they were confronted by society later on. Listen, the church has to take the lead on these kinds of issues. And today, we have to take the lead. Today, we have to speak out against injustice. Today, we have to stand up and say, no, in the church of the living God, there's equality. In the church, there's love. In the church, there's unity. In the church, there's no superiority of one person over another. In the kingdom of God, we are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And listen, 
We have to have conversations, tough conversations, difficult conversations. We need to listen. This is what the Lord spoke to me. I said, Lord, give me a word. And he said, all right, I'll give you a word. Listen, that's your word. Listen, hear, hear, speak, have conversations. Because we have to be able to come together in prayer, in faith believing, in fasting, in seeking the face of God. I'm speaking to this right now because it's important that the church lead the way. The church can't be silent, but the church has to know what to say. The church has to hear a word from the Lord. We can't speak what's in our mind. We can't speak what's in our heart. We can't speak what, what we think, what our opinion is. We have to speak truth. We have to speak the word of God. Our opinion can mess everything up. If we start just spouting off whatever it is that we feel in the moment, that's when things go awry. We have to hear from heaven and speak the word of the Lord. It starts with a pure heart of repentance. It starts with truly, listen, listen, truly, there it is, listen, truly obeying the great commandments of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shall you serve, and you shall love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is all the way around. We have to love one another as ourselves. Listen, I understand it can look overwhelming. If you're watching the news, I hope you'll turn it off. If you're on social media, I hope you'll tune it out because it's just gonna create more strife. You need to tune into God. Set not your affections on things on the earth, but set your affections on things above. The Bible says, lift up your eyes for your redemption draweth nigh. I will look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. We don't look around us and become discouraged or defeated. We look to God and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Elijah heard a still small voice. He couldn't hear from God from the earthquake, the whirlwind or the fire. And you're not gonna hear from God if you're intoxicated by all of the earthquake and whirlwind and fire that's going on around you. You have to hear that still small voice. And when you hear God's voice, then you're going to hear your brother's voice. When your brother shares with you, hey, there's a problem. Hey, there's an issue. Hey, we need, to, we need to have a conversation. If you could turn this whole thing around with one action, if you could bring love, peace, and harmony and joy with one action, you might feel powerless, but you are endued with power from on high. I wonder what, what would that action be and what would you do? Would you, would you take that action? If, if one act of love, if one act of kindness, if one act of compassion, if one gesture, hallelujah, one gesture of love could make all the difference in the world, I wanna encourage you to do that right now. Reach out to somebody, show them the love of God. In your daily interactions, let the love of God flow through you. We are the Tree of Life Church for a reason. Our world needs us to be the Tree of Life Church, set for the healing of the nations. We thank God every single day that the Lord has anointed us to be a church, His church, His people. And when you talk about the people of God, you're not talking about just one nationality or one ethnicity or one grouping of people. You're talking about people from all nations and all backgrounds and all ethnicities Amen. You know, I don't believe in the word race as, as we use it in today's culture. 
because that's a Darwinian term, and the Bible doesn't use it like that. The Bible uses the word race to talk about a competition or to run the race that is set before us. That's the only way the Bible uses it. It's Darwin who uses it to talk about groupings of people as though we're in competition with one another. With who? Ourselves? Because we're all one people. God created all men of one blood for to dwell upon the face of the earth. We are one people and we have to stand up for one another and look out for one another and listen to one another and hear, hear the voice of Abel's blood crying from the ground. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love him with all your heart, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Hear in the midst of the confusion. Don't let, listen, don't let the chaos of today prevent you from hearing the need of the hour. The need of the hour is that we look to God and that we love one another. I'm thankful to God for the police officers in our own congregation who have spoken up and spoken out against this injustice and have done their part to bring healing as they enforce law in a righteous way, but, but have done their part to bring healing to situations in our society. That needs to continue to happen throughout our nation. And we pray for our law enforcement officers that God will give them wisdom and baptize them with his love and with his, with his power and, and, and give them strength to do the job that they, are, that they are required to do and that they serve and they protect as the Lord will anoint them to do so. But to do so in the, in the truth of God. Amen. And, and so this, this isn't a matter of... Of, uh, of division. We all agree with the same thing. We all agree with the same principles. We all agree that there should be peace and that there should be love and that there should be joy. These are principles. These aren't far off fairy tales. I heard somebody say, we don't need love and unity right now. That's a fleshly thought. That's a worldly thought. We do need love and unity. First Corinthians 13 says, love never fails. You don't want fake love. Fake love is what won't work right now. Hypocritical love won't work right now. Love to gain political points, that's what won't work right now. But the love of God has the power, hallelujah, to heal every sickness, to forgive every sin, and to bring true unity and grace and harmony into our nation. When somebody speaks to you and says, I have a, a problem, there's an issue in our society and it bothers me, don't get defensive. Don't get defensive. Listen, listen, we're the body of Christ. We can work it out here in the body of Christ and allow the kingdom of God to expand from, from this place throughout the whole earth. The Bible says that that rock was hewn out of a mountain without hands and it struck Nebuchadnezzar's feet, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, and the statue fell, that's human government, and that that rock filled the earth until it became a mountain and filled the earth. That was the kingdom of God in heaven. And the kingdom of God is within us, the church. So let's start right now enacting the principles of his kingdom. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the meek. 
Hallelujah. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the city set on a hill that cannot be hit. Don't get caught up in Facebook debates. Don't get caught up in social media traps where the worst of your flesh comes out and your cynicism and your sarcasm. No, 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 no. That's all, that's all a part of this world and the fashion of this world will pass away. We are a holy people, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a people who love a people who listen, a people who truly find the wisdom of God and bring solution to the matter. In Jesus' name. I know this wasn't polished and probably wasn't pretty. And, and what I have learned in, in this debate and in this discussion is that you end up offending everybody the longer you talk. And I'm not worried about that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm concerned about the nation and I'm concerned about the people of God doing our part to make sure that we are being the salt of the earth and the light of the world and the people of God that he's anointed us to be in Jesus' name. My goodness, the oneness apostolic Pentecostal church was designed to be one. The oneness theology starts with there being one God, but it culminates in there being one body. If, we're, if we claim to be oneness but aren't one as a people, we're not really oneness. We're not really oneness. We believe in one God, and we believe in one body of Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to seeing. I wish y'all were here right now. I just, I wish I, I wish I could see you because I love you and I want to, I want to, I want to go to heaven with, with all of you. And I, I just pray in Jesus' name that God will use us as a church, as a body to reach our world and to minister to those who are hurting and to those who are in pain, those who are confused right now. Oh, God, help us in Jesus' name. On June 7th, I want to remind you about our RSVP. I was supposed to do that before I started teaching, but I'm, I just have a heavy heart tonight. But RSVP, please, at 9.30, 11.30, duplicate services. Uh, and, and if you haven't already RSVP'd, please do so. If you aren't able to attend, we understand that. And, uh, and we look forward to seeing you through live stream as we have been doing throughout the, the quarantine period. We hope that this all will pass soon and that we'll be able to get back right where we were and we're believing for that. Uh, but we're taking this one step at a time and we're looking forward. Do please RSVP to let us know you'll be here at 9.30 a.m. or 11.30 a.m. June 7th in Jesus' name. I'd like for us to pray together in the name of the Lord. God, I thank you for your word and I thank you for the ability to open your word and share it. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that you will minister to the hearts of every hearer of the word. Lord, that we will not just be hearers but doers of the word. I pray, Lord, that you'll anoint us to listen, to hear your voice, to hear the concerns and the, the cry of our neighbor. I pray, Lord, that you would cause our nation to come together. I pray, Lord, that it will start in the church, Lord. Help us in Jesus' name to love our fellow man and to be sensitive to the needs of those around us. Lord, we give you all praise. We honor you. We magnify your holy name. I feel your presence even right now. Move, Holy Ghost, throughout our city. In the name of Jesus Christ, use Tree of Life Church. Use the Day of Pentecost Foundation. Use the apostolic community. Use us, Lord, to do your work, I pray. In Jesus' precious name, help us, Lord to listen to you, to listen to our neighbors, to love you, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And upon these hang all your law 
and prophets. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen, amen. I hope this has been a blessing to you tonight. Thank you for letting me share my heart with you. And, and we're going we're gonna to see the victory of God and we're going to see him use us to bring about his great victory in the name of Jesus. Why don't you reach out to somebody? Normally we hug necks and shake hands when, when we dismiss on Wednesday night. We don't need to be shaking hands right now. Uh, we still need to practice some distancing while we wait for, for things to normalize concerning the pandemic. But why don't you just reach out to somebody right now. Tell them you love them. Tell them you thank God for them. Bless them in Jesus' name. Let's be the church and let's let's do what God has called us to do. God bless you tonight in the name of the Lord.